0: Recorded live. Scuba Obsessed is a weekly podcast. We talk about all things scuba diving, from cool new gear, places to dive, and scuba in the news. Welcome to episode 44 of Scuba Obsessed. This week in the news, we'll have divers stabbed in chest, water after the dark, and what kind of tweet is this? And as always, from the good side of town, I'd like to welcome my co-host, Jim. How are you doing today, Jim?
1: I'm doing all right. I'm I'm uh, I'm a little excited to hear about some of the stuff we've got going out at uh, in the news and uh, out west from here.
0: Yes, we have a special guest this week. We have Nick Bostick of New Scuba Marketing joining us from the DEMA Show in Las Vegas. How are you doing, Nick?
2: No, I'm doing great, thanks.
0: Hey, why don't you give everybody a quick introduction and uh, explain... Uh, what is your interest in the scuba industry and what you're doing at the DEMA show
2: alright well I'm uh, like you said I'm Nick Bostick. I run new scuba marketing dot com and basically my uh, my interest in the scuba industry I'm actually a scuba instructor have been for uh, almost 10 years now or a little over 10 years I should say um, so that's kinda of my my initial interest in the dive industry but I've also worked in online marketing ever since there's been online marketing, basically. So uh, I kind of look at the scuba industry from that aspect and uh, sometimes cringe. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm actually out at DEMA representing my, my day job employer. Uh, but I get to do some of my, my scuba marketing stuff on the side while I'm here as well.
0: Well, that's great. It's nice to be able to get there. Uh, we, we were going to go and attend this year's show, but it just didn't quite work out. Had to make some uh, compromises between money, I had the opportunity to either go to the show or get a dry suit, so I thought, you know what, I, I, I'd much more enjoy the dry suit. I'd say you made the right pick. <laughs> so uh, what's your first take of the show so far?
2: Uh, well, it. Uh, I, I went last year to Orlando, I've, I've been a few times now, and first take is that it is bigger than last year, uh, both in terms of the vendors in attendance as well as participation. Uh, there's also a a lot of excitement out there which is good I I, I think conferences are always good if they can at least get people excited Um, but from my unique perspective uh, sometimes being a little critical of the marketing that goes on in this industry it's uh, it's Fairly par for the course, which is to say, not that great, um, and and at times a little a little militant with security and uh, signage, discouraging us from looking and touching and playing and asking questions.
0: Okay, well let, let's go ahead and start on that. You know, as scuba obsessed, our our market is recreational divers and just keeping people interested in diving. So it's a fairly upbeat program. So let's go ahead and start with maybe some of the more negative aspects of the the show and work our way to some of the positive aspects of the show uh, okay. I think it's in, it's in all our best interests as uh, divers to have uh, marketing being done successfully for scuba diving
2: I, I like to think so uh, so starting with the negatives, working our way to the positives uh, biggest negative is it's in Vegas So, um, but be that as it may, let's <laughs> keep going from there um, the, the, uh, the kind of militant structure of of DEMA and security. Uh, They really don't seem to want people sharing what's going on inside the closed doors of the DEMA hallway, Um, even though I've had no one actually ever check my badge to walk into the showroom floor. Um, So security is lax at the gate, but once you're in, it's really tight. Uh, like the new product showcase for instance uh, new products n- new as in like they came out last year and they're putting them back in the showcase again for this year re-gifting multiple security guards watching that area I pulled out my, uh, my iPhone to respond to a text message and a couple of them kind of charged me and no pictures no pictures and I said hey guys it's a phone and they, they made sure to watch me until I got out of the area so that was kind of uh, kind of interesting. Um, they, now, they make sure. Oh, go ahead. Now, that
0: was. You think that was because they're trying to protect the secrets of the display case?
2: Uh, I honestly have no clue what the purpose is. Um, <laughs> because, uh, again, so, some of these are actually are new products. Not all of them are, are repeats from last year. But to me, if I were a manufacturer and I'd come out with some hot new piece of gear that I'd lobbied to get put into the new product showcase, I would want people to know about it. And so that means if you know somebody like myself or the people from Deeper Blue or Scuba Gadget, whoever wants to come by and snap a picture and throw it up on their website and talk to their, their readership, as a manufacturer, I personally would be ecstatic about that. but apparently that's not allowed. Well, and,
0: and that's kind of puzzling, considering these are many of these companies are the same ones who are sending out all the press releases of their new gadgets. Uh, you know, check us out at booth, whatever.
2: Yeah, exactly. There's there's a lot of that going on. So but, it, uh, it's a,
0: it's almost like it's a little bit of a misplaced uh, protection. Uh, I mean, we're we're not, we're not talking Apple Computer here. There's really no no ground shaking developments from what I've seen that you really need to get out to your you know divers or, or to your your members long before uh the need to make it out to the public i mean is it uh, i mean i can believe that there was at one point in time where they they thought maybe there was some advantage to having uh, a little bit of insider information before it got to the public but i I don't know in this day of electronics if that really makes sense anymore
2: no yeah i don't think so either and and on the show floor it's really heavy emphasis on no uh no picture or video in the in the marketing sessions and things like that they also stress no audio recording but um it's really just kind of odd because everybody's got a cell phone camera phone and I'm kind of curious to see if they're going to do any type of, of censorship of written content because there's, there's a few of us here that are kind of talking about the things we're seeing. And I remember from last year we had pictures of the things we were seeing. This year it's just text. So I'm kind of waiting to see if I get an email saying, hey, you, you aren't allowed to do that and you're not invited back again. <laughs>
0: so, well, it kind of makes you wonder because I'm, I'm over on your website now. Uh, looking at one of your articles, which we'll link in the show notes, and uh, they they talk about uh, please no photos, no photos, new products showcase, and then they've got another one where it says uh, be informed, be connected, be successful, and then they explain how the way all the ways they don't want you to be connected.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's there's some interesting there, things there, and if you're looking at that article, you're also I'm sure seeing the uh, the, the green statement on there. Uh, yes. they, for those who aren't looking at the site, uh, basically they have a sign that says they're committed to all things green, basically, and there's recycling and whatever. Um, but I, where I come from, recycling is huge. We have a very strong commitment to that. We're uh, fairly regularly the greenest city in the country, so this kind of strikes a chord with me. But um yeah, single-use uh, styrofoam and plastic cups for the speakers and for the water jugs in the breakout sessions, uh, hosted in a hotel that has a restaurant that serves shark fin soup, um, oh, <laughs> endless paper products. It's really kind of uh, interesting. Uh, appalling, actually. It's probably more accurate. The shark fin soup, I
0: wasn't aware that there was any place in the U.S. that was actually serving shark fin soup. So that, that kind of surprised me.
2: Yeah, yeah, I was surprised at that too. I, I wasn't aware of that, but uh, just recently a restaurant in my hometown stopped serving bluefin tuna, so I guess it's uh, it's out there at places, but you you wouldn't think at a, at a mainstream place like the Hilton, or at least I wouldn't.
0: Now, have you got a chance to do any of the seminars?
2: Uh, yeah, that's uh, kind of been my focus because, again, being interested in marketing, I want to see what what is being taught out there in regards to marketing for the, the local dive professionals. And there's there's been some that have been good, and, and I, I like to look at any seminar as trying to take away at least one thing. If I do, it's a success. Um, so they've, they've all been successful. Um, I, I just, <laughs> I, I don't want to be that guy that shamelessly plugs my website in every seminar, but I really hope that some of the people attending these seminars do come see kind of the the truth of marketing in this industry, uh, because there's been some some inaccurate information being put out there by fairly large names in the industry, and I'm just I'm concerned as someone who loves this uh, this industry, I'm concerned people are going to kind of blindly follow some of these examples and end up doing themselves a disservice instead of helping their business. So we'll see.
0: Well it's something about people getting together in the industry and then sharing best practices. I think that uh you they might make a misstep a mis, misstep and put out poor information uh once or twice but eventually what works will will get out i mean it can't be kept a secret forever
2: exactly yeah
0: uh now as as far as the people putting on the seminars that's something where is this for I'm not real familiar with Dema and how they work but do they submit requests asking you know for people to to volunteer to to put on seminars and then they approve them or
2: well there's a there's a couple of different ways cuz there's a whole set of Dema sponsored seminars so um basically people People send in their submissions for ideas. Um, It does seem like there's a lot of repeat speakers, so um, maybe it's one of those situations once you're in, you're kind of in. Um, And yes, I will be submitting for next year. (laughs) Um, Right. uh, But then there's also the... the exhibitor-sponsored seminars. So um, to the best of my knowledge, if you are basically paying for a booth, depending on your booth size, you either have or you can get a room or multiple rooms, then you can put on whatever seminars you want, and they'll list you in the program. So um, again, with my focus mostly being on the, the marketing side of things, um, I, I took a good look. And to, to be honest, the probably the biggest entity out there putting on marketing related seminars is Patty. Um, I, I posted on my site yesterday also that, uh, Patty has the most seminars of all the certification agencies. Um, I think it was like 46 seminars. Now some of those are repeating topics, but they've got the most. So that, that's where I've been spending quite a bit of time. But, uh, there's been a couple other marketing-related seminars I've been able to get into outside of my time on the floor also. So.
0: Now, now Patty is offering some marketing-related seminars. Is, is that aimed at uh, dive shop owners?
2: Um, the, Patty's doing a kind of uh, interesting concept this time around. They're doing uh, different tracks. So they have kind of the retailer track, the instructor track, the resort track, and the idea is that... To get, get a good well-rounded view, you would attend a certain set of seminars, but th- they don't require that. You can go to whatever you want. So it, it's it's geared towards everybody. I would say it's definitely uh, the ones I've attended to, even the ones that are supposed to be geared just towards an instructor. Uh, it, it's a fairly heavy influence uh, towards the dive shop, which I'm a patty instructor. Um Patty likes their dive shops and it makes sense it's a good symbiotic relationship for them so uh, if they can promote all the independents to go affiliate with a, a dive shop that that would be fine with them it seems like so
0: Now I did see that uh, they made some uh, changes in their dive master program. Are you aware of any of those?
2: Um, Actually, I'm uh, attending that seminar tomorrow, so I haven't haven't been able to check out that one. But uh, another uh, one seminar I did attend that was a a change that is kind of a a cool highlight spot of the showroom floor also was their – it was billed as their their tech rec update, but it really ended up being their rebreather update, which – you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a guy, and I like adventure sports, so rebreathers have always looked cool. I've never tried one out myself. Um, but the way the, the industry is going and what Patty is doing to kind of reflect that that was interesting is they're basically breaking their rebreather training into recreational rebreather and more technical rebreather, and there's actually rebreather units out on the floor right now that, Basically, you don't really need to know how to do anything other than put the mouthpiece in and mm-hmm. away you go. So so both the technology side, that's fairly fairly interesting and fairly uh, cool to see. And then it's good to see Patty kind of updating their training to reflect that already.
0: Uh, that's good. Do, do you think they're kind of reacting to some of these other training organizations that have been focusing or maybe have a lead on, on tech diving?
2: Oh, yeah, it's definitely reactionary. Um, and, and you know, I started out before there was a tech rec program, and I haven't personally done any of that training uh, yet, hope to in the not too distant future. But um, it, it's, I think it, they got a push probably from their instructors, because at certain levels with PADI, you have to basically teach every PADI class exclusively as long as they offer an equivalent class. So for instance, uh, you know, let's say that uh, I wanted to teach a decompression class. Well, if PADI didn't offer a de- decompression class, then I could go become a decompression procedures instructor for IANTD or whoever. Now that PADI has those courses, as a PADI instructor, if you want to teach that type of class you have to do the Patty class um, so it, it's they, they want to keep it all under one roof and uh, from from several people I've talked to who've taken other certification agency classes and the uh, the new tech rec classes from the last couple of years uh, people people are actually fairly happy with it so um, it seems like they're doing a good job
0: well, that's good. Uh, up, up here, we're all diving here in the Great Lakes and probably half the wrecks and a majority of the really nice condition wrecks are all at uh, below uh, technical levels. So you, mm-hmm. can, you, you need to hit 150 to 250 if you want to get on some of these. So at least for us in the Midwest, it makes sense for, for that to become a little bit more prominent.
2: Yeah, well, and and in the industry, they there's a very direct correlation between additional training and additional equipment sales. So, um, you know, if you want to go that deep, you're going to have to get specialized equipment to go along with it. So, oh, yeah. oh, certainly. everybody wins. Yeah,
0: <laughs> right. Well, I'm it's still true. trying to. As we're buying the equipment, it doesn't seem like we win, but it's a it's a great hobby. <laughs>
2: Oh come on! Cool gear to show off to your friends—that's a win. That's right. Oh. <laughs>
0: I'm dreading hauling around the doubles. So, uh, yeah. so, is, apart from the seminars, what are you seeing out in the show floor? Has there been anything, uh, you know, interesting or groundbreaking this year?
2: Uh, honestly, not that I've seen yet. Um, the, the show floor was only open kind of half day yesterday and then all day today. So between seminars, I've, I've done a, done a brisk walk of the entire show floor and, um, I, I've done a slow walk of probably a third of it over again. Um, really probably some of the, the biggest highlights I'm seeing is a, a fairly, fairly strong showing of led uh, technology for everything—still uh, cameras, video cameras—and it's gotten it's gotten bright. Um, I use a an HID light myself, um, and I'm seriously toying with the idea of switching over to some of the new LEDs because they're at least as bright and far more durable, and, and uh, at least as good battery life. So that's kind of that's kind of a nice thing. And then, like I was mentioning earlier, the, the rebreathers There definitely seem to be quite a quite a few rebreather booths out there. Um, One thing I'm a little surprised I'm not seeing more of is kind of travel-friendly year. Um, I'm personally on a little kick of not checking any bags if I can avoid it um, and reducing my travel weight and things like that. Really, the the only company I'm seeing that's really really focusing in on that is Aqualung and they've kind of put together a whole package of gear that will actually fit into the overhead bin on most planes. So that, that's kind of interesting to see. But I'm, again, I'm surprised that I'm not seeing more of that because flying is such a pain. But uh, you know, if we want to get to some cool dive destinations, we've got to use the planes and make it as easy and less hassles possible. But
0: I I'm I'm kind of surprised on that as well. It seems like uh most of the last year in the in uh, the dive magazines, it's uh, almost everything we've been seeing has been travel gear. So, I'm surprised it didn't translate over to Dema.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and again, it, it may be out there. It's just it's really only being uh, emphasized strongly by one that I'm seeing so far. So,
0: yeah well the re- rebreathers is something that uh yeah, I personally believe we're we're going to see more and more of uh, I can, I can envision a day you know maybe it might not be in the next 5 to 10 years but somewhere down the road where we'll just start everybody on uh
2: rebreathers. Yeah and that was actually a, a point that Patty made in the their presentation was that they do see a point where even at the certification level people are on rebreathers which I I think is kind of interesting and I I haven't gotten any price quotes yet uh if, if you don't have a little buyer tag on your name badge you kind of get ignored out there uh, again an, an odd thing to me because i could be talking about someone's product right now but uh since i'm not a buyer they don't want to talk to me
0: right <laughs> you just you just have to mention it
2: yeah exactly so uh, so i'm not sure pricing but at least in the patties Seminar, They were saying that the price, because the way they look at it is a breather replaces uh, you know, your BCD and your gauges and tanks and regs and the computer and all that stuff. So they're saying that the price actually, comparing what it replaces, is getting really comparable. So I think both making it a little bit more idiot-proof, which uh, it sounds like they're doing a little bit easier to get the training, and then the, the cost coming down, um, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I,
0: I think so too. That'll be one of the exciting things to take a look at. We've got a few of uh, close buddies who are rebreather divers, and you know, they one's got the the Kiss model, which you know that's attractive. Uh, other than that, you have to really be aware of what you're doing, and you know, you make a mistake, and it could be the last one you make.
2: Yeah.
0: But uh, definitely, with some of the electronics they have, if you if you believe in electronics, uh, they're uh, they're coming up with
2: making it more and more foolproof yeah yeah and everything's gotten safer over the years so i don't see any reason why re-readers shouldn't follow suit there
0: so how yeah, many it ma- is just a matter of time
2: Yeah.
0: how, how many more days does the DEMA
2: show have uh it runs through saturday through saturday now is there
0: anything going to change as far as the show i mean will they'll be you know do they announce on day one or do they trickle stuff out through the show
2: in terms of the, the products or yeah, products this, you know, or
0: anything
2: no pretty much uh, everybody's got it out from the beginning so um, yeah the, the products won't shouldn't change uh, I know there's a couple of empty booth locations that have manufacturer names up so we'll have a couple people that are a little bit latecomers and and in my my past experience coming to the DiMA shows there's uh, definitely a kind of surge of traffic on friday and saturday so um hopefully those people that aren't here yet uh, will get here soon but yeah for the most part it's uh not not going to be a whole lot different so for me it's mostly just going to be there's a lot of seminars I spent uh the better part of yesterday in seminars and today in seminars so uh, get to attend those again learn as learn as much as I can and more so learn what other people are, are learning whether it's new information to me or not um, and then just go back over the floor a little bit more slowly and see if there's anything that intrigues me
0: that sounds like a good approach uh, Jim I kind of dominated. Do you have any questions you want to ask Nick?
1: No, I, I've just, uh, one of the things that we were talking about a little bit earlier was, uh, the Patty and, um, Patty's taken some heat and I was wondering how you, f- you feel about it. Uh, it, it's a joke, a certification card for everything. Do you think that maybe, um, we've gone a little bit too far in, um, trying to certify every aspect of, of, uh, diving or, um, is is it proven to be a good business model?
2: Um, well, it's definitely a, a good business model. Both, uh, I mean, I obviously I was an instructor and I used to I used to run a fairly large program and worked for a very successful dive shop. So, in that regard, having lots of certifications is a good thing. And ultimately. Ultimately, it comes down to the instructor, and that's that's always kind of the difficult thing. Uh, I, I always kind of have to grit my teeth, bite my tongue when I start <laughs> start, start seeing people complaining about Patty because uh, I've seen bad instructors, um, right. and I've seen re- I've seen really good instructors also, and. There are some instructors out there who will teach a, a wreck diver specialty who have no business being anywhere near a wreck. Um, so yeah, that is that is a joke. That's just issuing a certification for the sake of issuing a certification. Um, but then there's really good instructors, and you know, like like when I go on vacation places, I, I'll go out and do night dives off boats and things like that. And frequently there. are divers who, you know, they have their basic open water is it in terms of certification, but they might even have 100 dives, but they've never done a night dive or they've never done a boat dive, and they don't think they need that specialty. Well, frequently, at least in my experience, those people freak out. They have problems. They don't enjoy the night dive. Whereas when I had students and I would take them out on a guided night dive as part of an advanced class or a specialty class or whatever the case was, whatever problem they had, since I was there, I was able to help them overcome that. And I can't honestly think of a single student I had that hated night diving, for instance. And most claim that's their favorite kind of diving. So right. uh, So I, I think the certifications themselves aren't the problem. Um, I think some instructors should go find other work. <laughs> um, but I, I, I think Patty puts a lot of Thought and a lot of energy in terms of the safety, but also the enjoyment factor, and you know that that's the tough thing is we don't we don't see the growth numbers in this industry that I think we should. I mean, I you guys do, I'm sure as well. This is the best sport hobby, whatever you want to call it, out there. Um, right. This is w- where we spend our disposable income or not so disposable income sometimes, <laughs> um, and, and all of our free time. Um, I, I'd like to see more people getting into it, but. You know, we're competing with uh, skiing and snowboarding and rock climbing and skydiving and all those other things. So we have to make it as easy to get into while still being as safe as possible, while still making it seem adventurous without being, you know, too crazy. So uh, I like multiple certifications. Uh, it allows you to, to really kind of cater to your Dive customer um, and give them exactly what they want and exactly what they're looking for. But again, I, probably the biggest thing I would wish for out of Patty, especially is uh, kind of an ongoing audit process. Right now it's basically do you pay your dues every year um, and have all your students come back alive? Okay, you can keep teaching. Um, really the only the only way that I'm aware of where you can lose your teaching credentials is if someone lodges a complaint about you, which is typically based on a injury. And I don't want I don't want injuries to occur. No, so not you not, know, not, I, right. I, I don't want I don't want scuba instructors that I consider to be less than top notch to be put out of the industry because they lost a student. That that's not the way to. No, it's a
1: little to little too late. Things, yeah. Right. Right. The the whole. One of the things that Darren and I have talked about in the past is um, creating um, not just certified divers, but people who enjoy diving by the end of their class. Um, you know, with the shortened up courses, I don't know what your perspective is on it, and, but I've read different things of, you know, the shorter courses help get more people into into the hobby versus uh, a longer course that helps develop it is a lifestyle or is a true hobby for people. Um, I didn't know if you had a, a thought on that.
2: Yeah. Um, uh, when I was really actively teaching, I did a lot of work with some fairly large uh, college programs and they, they were for credits. So we had the students in the classroom for lecture two days a week for, I think it was an hour, hour and a half each day. We had them in the pool once a week for an hour and a half. Um, and that went for, at least eight weeks. So that, that's what I consider a long course. Um, but I also worked with, private students who they were busy with work and they were going on vacation and they knew they were only going to go diving in Hawaii ever. Um, they aren't going to go diving in Puget right. Sound where, where I live. Um, and so it was kind of this, well, let's make the course cater to your work schedule. So it was a lot faster sometimes. Um, uh, obviously with the new e-learning that everybody's doing, it can be even faster. So um, Yeah. It's one of those things uh, because I I actually got certified in that same college program I ended up assisting with and I saw a lot of people that never read the book and they just kind of copied the knowledge reviews and passed the quizzes and they got certified and the ones that enjoyed it uh, ended up taking more courses and became really good divers the people that knew they were just going to do it on vacation every once in a while—they got their certification and they were, you know, probably adequately safe for the type of diving they were going to do. Um, it's, it's interesting to me when e-learning first came out. I was actually fairly against the idea. Um, to me, it was kind, kind of, of cringe. This, yeah, yeah, it was. You know, to me, I, 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 like the personal aspect of the classes. Even if you know I'm teaching 80 people in a lecture, I still like that when I get into the pool, I'm working with. Six or whatever the case may be. Um, And you still have that as the thing. You still have to get together to go over the knowledge portion. You still have to get together for pool and open water, of course. Um, And so I, I, I see a place for it now. And again, especially with all the other sports out there vying for our potential consumers' attention, you know, you want to go rock climbing, well, you don't have to sit in a class to go rock climbing. You go find a rock climbing instructor or go to a rock gym and you're on the wall. You're doing it. Right. Um, You know, and that's skiing, snowboarding, whatever. It's the same kind of thing for a lot of these other sports. So I think for us to kind of compete against those for consumers – we have to make it a little bit easier, so I. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I'm, I, <laughs> it's there's a place for it. Uh, I still, I personally, on a on a personal note, I like a little bit more of the the longer form with actual kind of class lecture types of things, and right. All that.
1: Yeah, it, it's a it's a preference thing, but uh, yeah. I appreciate your input on that. That's uh, those are the kind of things that kind of. Uh, get your mind going as to if the business or if the industry is going in the right direction. And as far as the training, um, but, uh, we'll find out. We'll find out.
2: We we certainly will.
1: Uh, I'd like to
0: thank you, uh, Nick, for coming on. Thank you. And uh, you know, we'll have we'll have to do this again. What we what I'd like to do is maybe we'll even do a spinoff podcast of just talking about marketing. Maybe some sort of uh, a program we could aim towards dive shops, because uh, you know, while this is aimed to recreational divers and enthusiasts, I'm I'm sure there's a whole other market that would uh, be interested in in some of your insights and maybe how to make their their dive shops more successful. What We see out here. Is uh, you, you see dive shops in some unusual locations. Uh, we, you know, in Michigan, you're always close to water, no matter where you're at. But there's some dive shops that you, you kind of have a hard time believing they can make it, and sometimes they really aren't. So, yeah, um, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of opportunities for them to to learn and and develop and and grow this this sport.
2: I think so as well. Sounds great.
0: Okay. Uh, do you have anything you want to pitch, uh, Nick? Where where can people get a hold of you?
2: Uh, well, uh, being the, the good online marketer that I try to be, uh, you can find me most yeah. places. So, uh, the, the main website is new scuba uh, You can find me on Facebook uh, if you do a search, same thing, New Scuba Marketing, uh, or you can just go to facebook.com scuba marketing, drop the new on there. Uh, and then I'm also on Twitter as scuba marketing. So, that's how you can find me. Great.
0: Well, thank you, and uh, we'll keep watching your your Twitter feeds and your website, and see anything new that comes from Dima.
2: Sounds great. Thank you, guys.
0: Thank you. Have a good one.
2: Bye.
1: Bye. Cool. You know, that was some good insight um, from a guy who's uh, who's looking at the business as a business standpoint. Um, you know, we're always looking at it as uh, from the consumer side.
0: Yeah, and that, and that's really what we got to remember that the DEMA show is about, which is why sometimes it seems a little hostile to us in the in the recreational side of things is that they're you know they're 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 members because that's really what it is. Yeah, indeed, is that uh, how the how DEMA works is there. Uh, it's an organization made up of dive equipment manufacturers, instructors, people in the industry who make their living, including travel. Uh, you, you join as mem- uh, membership, and then you have voting rights into the direction of the organization. So anything that is is driven by your members uh, may not necessarily be so up to date because it, I mean it's it's like if you want to criticize it, you almost have to to look at yourself. So. Uh, yeah it, it takes right. a little bit of effort to turn it not saying that anybody in Demos isn't, isn't doing things the way they should, but uh, you know we gotta understand that it is primarily for them. Uh, I understand they also had a vote last year uh, to see if the members wanted it opened up to the general public and they said no uh, that they wanted to, to to keep it closed. so maybe that's part of the interpretation as is their is, is their mandate to uh, you know or how they interpreted their mandate based on that vote.
1: Mhm.
0: So, uh, but uh, you know, next next year we'll try and get out there, uh, get to it. I mean, it's going to be in Florida, so you know, at least we'll be able to get some diving in along, along with it.
1: Mhm.
0: Yeah. Back underwater. Uh, what we'll do is maybe we'll we'll hit back uh, and we'll we'll regroup on the Dima show towards the end of the podcast. We'll talk about some some cool gear, but let's go ahead and get some of this news out of the way. Yeah.
1: Ooh. Uh, we had some
0: some articles in the news. Uh, let me scroll up to my news notes. Uh, the first one was, uh, it, and it just reminded me of Steve Irwin, this first one here. Uh, a diver stabbed in the chest by a stingray.
1: What is with that? It, it,
0: yeah, uh, and, and I noticed the article didn't even mention anything about Steve Irwin. I would think if you're writing an article about that, you go,
1: hey, by the way. The one in a million yeah. chance has now happened, you know. Yeah I don't think it's quite so one in a million anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: a man pierced by a stingray barb in the Hauraki Gulf? <laughs> sure I I think I need <laughs> anytime I mispronounce I should take a drink it'd be a drinking game we'd have all our listeners would be drunk.
1: Near uh Pacatoa Island, huh? Pakatoa.
0: Now the Pakatoa, that that sounds like a cool name. Uh about 1:30 p.m. and that was uh this was last Friday where this actually happened, and he was airlifted off and uh, was in serious condition, but uh, he said he didn't notice the sting the stingray and swam over the top of it. Now, when he said swimming, I'm assuming he's in the water column, so he's not on it, because most of the time what happens with these stingrays is, uh, it, you know, it's very low-vis water, people are wandering around, and they actually step on them. It's kind of, I mean, he's- they're... Like, like a, snap, stepping on a dog's tail and having yeah. him turn around. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and, and understandably, I mean, that's their weapon of choice is that that barb, and they go and, you know, they, they'll smack you with it, and that will hurt. And uh, But what seems to be a a freak accident is these uh, attacks which go in the chest, which it, you know, I almost wonder if it correlates with size. You know, if you're a certain size stingray, just the the distance from where you tend to get stepped on into the distance to the person
1: or the object just happens to be that chest height but man ouch yeah I mean, nothing nothing quite says pain like a piece of stiff cartilage shoved between your ribs Ooh. next article is uh, on
0: California water after dark California coastal panel challenges beach curfews and we won't go through the whole details of this article but basically in California, in the late 80s and early 90s, they were having problems with uh, the, the scientific term of riffraff <laughs> hanging <laughs> ha- hanging around. On Hooliganism. Hooliganism. It was wild kids uh, out in the beach, you know, doing bonfires, uh, drink, uh, getting into all sorts of trouble, making noise, and uh, was actually turning some of the beach areas into less than desirable places to be. So, uh, the local communities. Uh, caught down on it. And we've seen something similar here in Michigan and other places. And what happens is the first community, you know, if, if you spread it out all over, you know, everybody's got things. And if you deal with it, it's fine. But the easiest thing to do is just put a curfew on a location and say nobody can be here past a certain time. Well, what that mm-hmm. does, if you got to pick between two beaches, which one are you are going to choose? So the ones who yep. want to be out. So what you start doing is once one does it, the next one has to do it, or they end up with all the rejects from the previous beach. So, and then uh,
1: it's hooliganism concentrate.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's like you know, you know a couple hooligans. That's just a, annoying. That's a, the guy you call a jerk, but uh, you get right. too many and you got a gang. So that's what happened is that pretty much all the beaches uh, between midnight and 5 or 6 a.m. were closing down. And what had happened is the courts out there were saying, you know what, you can't, you know, you, 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 this is public property, you right. can't restrict the access to it. And then in some jurisdictions, they even, even went farther where they had uh, they interpreted that there's like the boardwalk, you know, the, uh, the, the area that is not the beach or the waterfront where they've got uh, the boardwalk. They even had earlier times than that, so they're chasing people off the beach even before their own rules. Uh, so what's going on is uh it you know you fast forward 10 years later to now and uh the state is getting back and there and there's a challenge between the state and a local jurisdiction saying you need you need to loosen it up so there's a battle going on so we'll have the article if you're out there uh what it, what brought it to my attention was they were talking about scuba divers and some communities have actually uh made exception for divers or if your point is not to be on the beach, like if you're a fisherman or something, and so you're you're just crossing the beach, that's fine. So, yeah. I mean, I'm, well, I can't. I, go ahead.
1: I know a couple scuba divers, and I would say that the percentage of riffraff is higher among the scuba divers. <laughs> the percentage? <laughs> I mean, so, um, you know. Unless you're a local jurisdiction, don't listen to them. <laughs> but, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I can uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll, just, we'll resemble just, that remark there a little you bit. Know? Uh, but yeah. no, you you're right. I mean it's it's just a matter of, of uh it's a knee jerk
0: reaction, I guess. Yeah. Uh I I you know, there's a limited number of law enforcement so things get out of hand and and people like to to party and you know, be down there and have bonfires and stuff on the beach and so you know, it makes you wonder if there's just some other ways it, to to take care or deal with this, or you know how it happens. I don't think we've got an answer for it, but uh, I like the fact that there's an exception for scuba divers, and maybe you you make an exception for the activity, or or how about here's an idea? How about you stop you the people who are causing the problems?
1: You whoa whoa! Uh, Have you looked around at the the? <laughs> at the the political correctness around here that you can't do that. You can't you can't go after you. You can't because... make people responsible for their own actions. you oh. you're all the line.
0: I guess so. Well, this next one, uh, I mean, maybe if they if they decide the divers are part of the problem, maybe this next tool will come in effect. It's uh, what kind of tweet is this? A focused blast of noise could stun <laughs> scuba diving terrorists. So if, if we were out there in the water, they could just go, "Hey, you guys, you're out of control," and then we would float to the surface,
1: kind of like <laughs> dynamite on fish. You I, know, I was sitting at, uh, I catch up on my news uh, during my lunch break, and uh, this is one that I had read earlier in the week, and I'm, oh, wait a minute. That had hurt. <laughs> All that's I'm thinking, I'm like, you know, who's, they've got to do
0: some sort of testing on this. And I'm thinking, you know, if you're in the military and you're a diver and, you know, they go, hey, we got this new weapon. <laughs> You're going to go in the water, and we're going to focus these waves on you to incapacitate you. It might hurt a little bit. <laughs> Be uncomfortable. But what this uh, what they're trying to do is a study which was presented on November 16th in Cancun, Mexico, which is the best place to, to uh, open uh, to talk about any study, I think, on the beach or the margarita. Uh, they, they said that the device is uh, a targeted blast of sound, long enough, large enough, loud enough, loud enough sounds loud, not large, uh, loud enough to cause disorientation and dizziness. Uh, so, but I, I'm still trying to. They make a point in here saying it wouldn't. It would only be the hostile diver, not the friendly diver. And I, and I understand. I don't think that, it's
1: that smart of a system. <laughs> well, they're talking about. You know, but
0: how I'm not so much worried about the system. So say you can target it. Say it's like say it's like a rifle and you point it at somebody and it's gonna get there. I have a hard time when we're diving together in a group keeping track of my buddy. <laughs> I mean <laughs> um, Yeah you know, that's that's me. That's you, yeah. But so it's I, like you know, you're trying to go, okay, who's got the yellow hose and this? So I'm picturing how are they picking out of the divers in the water, which one is the hostile and which one's the friendly? I'd have to say. I mean, is this like the Revolutionary War? We got everybody, you know, you yeah, the bad guys are in red coats. Sorry if you are in the UK, we we'd be the bad guys. Uh, but I mean, how does how does that work? How do they target that? That's that's I, my whole thing. Is you know, I can't picture this punch of people in the bay, and then somebody goes, Oh, by the way, Al Qaeda's coming in through the bay, so let's blast them. It's there is a there is a part missing. I, I don't
1: I don't know how they would do it.
0: So uh, it sounds very technically amazing and how it works and they're saying that uh underwater since noise travels uh or is, is more is, is, is it travels better that uh 150 decibels in water is equivalent to 125 decibels in air about the level of sound emitted by the much hated World Cup vuvuzelas
1: so oh, the vuvuzelas those have got to
0: be outlawed. So actually I'm wondering if maybe that's the secret if they're just taking a bunch of vuvuzelas underwater and blowing those if that they've really figured out that they're that maybe that's where they came from they're
1: a weapon. Well wouldn't it give it away that you're around a top secret area if you've got a bunch of uh, <laughs> World Cup fans <laughs> standing <laughs> along the beach with their horns in the water ready to
0: <sighs>
1: Okay, that's just silly. You're going way off too far. Yeah, we know, that's what we're good at. A
0: little below the rooftop, uh, Scuba Santa's show debuts November 26th. So Newport Aquarium, and this is in Ohio. I was going to say Newport. I keep thinking New Jersey, but this is Ohio. Uh, Newport's Aquarium, new Scuba Santa's show, debuts November 26th. Say that six times fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the most unique holiday attractions in the country, the Scuba Santa's water wonderland gets refreshed, refreshed and updated this holiday season. And I, so this, the photo shows a guy in a scuba uh, with a scuba regulator in a Santa suit. And I think he's underwater. It's kind of hard to tell. I can't tell. Yeah. But I'm picturing, you know, a he has got to be a problem. I mean, the pull Santa down. What are we talking about? 40, 45 pounds on that belt? I don't know. I, I mean, it's got, looks... Santa's got to be really buoyant. Right. You know, you get a little too much jolly, and that makes it hard to, to stay down. And, and I know from personal experience. Uh, and But they've they got a, the new story this year was uh, they have a, their own version of the Twas the Night Before Christmas with a special scuba Santa twist. Uh, it's extended holiday hours are 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. November 26th to 27th, and then December 26th through January 2nd. Um, so a good excuse to get out to the aquarium, and so I guess his sleigh is going to be is pulled by seahorses. You know that'd be kind of neat to see. That would be. It would get me out there. Uh, the next one is five ships. Uh, five ships. Five shipwrecks may get protected status, and this one's out of Milwaukee. Uh, they've got they got a grant for a study, and they're going to record vessels up there they're going to over this next season take photographs uh scans and stuff to bring some of these wrecks to people on the surface so they could see them Hundred seventy thousand dollar grant from the federal highway administration transportation enforcement program
1: now (laughs) how's the highway administration get to wrecks underwater Uh, you know i don't i don't understand how they can do it either
0: but if they got extra money, I'm more than willing to take, you know, a couple hundred thousand. I think that's what it would take to do our wreck. So, yeah, that, we, we could put yeah. that to use. But it will go to pay for digital photo mosaic sketches, measurements, photos, site plans, historic research. The digital photo mosaics illustrate the wreck is how it looked by piecing together hundreds of photos taken by scuba divers. Divers will measure and sketch the wreck. Uh, the surveys and documentation will be used to nominate the five wrecks of the National Historic Register places. Uh, one of the wrecks is going to be the SS Milwaukee, uh, which was a uh, it carried rail cars, kind of like a cargo carrier, uh, across car the lake. ferry. Mm-hmm. Car ferry. That's like, that's what I was looking for. Uh, the EMBA, an early self-loading vessel that was scuttled in 1932. Uh, the Floretta, an iron ore schemer, wrecked off the Manit. Manitowoc, uh, the American America, a three-masted freight boat sank near Kiwani in 1880, and Lakeland, an iron steamer, uh, lost off Sturgeon Bay in 1924. So those are the ones that they're they're trying to get to historic landmark. So uh, like to see the the outcome of this. But one of the things that brought this up is they said some of these wrecks 10 years ago. Uh, were actually considered very technical dives, or you know, you had you had penetrations and stuff. And they said now they're actually considered easy dives because they've just broken all apart and they're just uh, stuff laying along the bottom.
1: You know, You know, you always listen to everybody saying we've got the most well-preserved wrecks anywhere, and and uh, that's true. But they're not always going to be this way. Um, don't wait if you want to get into it. Get into it now and. And get down and, and check some of these things out, um, because among the people that we dive with too, the 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 comparisons over the years, uh, I wish I would have seen a lot of these things five, seven, ten years ago, because um, you never will again. No, that, that that's a
0: great point. I that we need to get out on them. It makes me all that much more anxious to get that dry suit and start hitting some of these uh, deeper depths and maybe get into some of that tech diving, because you. Know, the, the, the weather's getting on them, and you, right? You know, Lake Michigan. They, you know, the same wreck in saltwater might have been gone, you know, 30 years ago. But we still got it here. But they they won't last forever, at least in the condition that they are now. So uh, go out there and uh, get your certification if you haven't done so, and find somebody to take you on some of these wrecks because you definitely do not want to miss them. You got them in uh, uh, Wisconsin. You've got them in Illinois. You got them in Indiana and in Michigan, Ohio. All there along the Great Lakes, uh, and we're a little partial to Michigan. So if you you want to come up and and take a look at those, uh, you can do so. No doubt. And uh, this next article, which uh, I snuck in, which is from uh, last week's show, I, w- I was was going to talk about. It. I think I even promised it, which is I'm, I'm known for doing. And then we didn't come back and and talk about it. it was uh, uh, an environmental story where they're using these uh, the the currents, the tidal currents. And they've got uh, look like wind turbines in the water, and when I saw the turbines, I was thinking, "Oh my gosh,
1: can you imagine running into one of those? Yeah, imagine drifting down three foot viz in a uh, in a river. <laughs> whack! Yeah
0: so I'm, I'm hoping they're taking some of that into account. So uh, go ahead over, head over to the show notes and you can see these it's a turbines in the water. And, uh, you know, it's great for being green, and I, I, I think that if they're smart about it or position them right or somehow mark them, uh, they'll be fine. But, I mean, in, in not, every, not all diving is really optional. If you're a rescue diver, if you have somebody that falls into the river, you know, you're going to have some safety people in hmm. the water, and they don't want to run into these things any more than uh, some of us looking for bottles. So uh, <laughs> I hope they're taking that into account. I, I would hope so. Uh, did you want to talk about any of the the Dima gear that was um, uh, listed, or?
1: Yeah, mm, e yeah, no.
0: No. Okay. Eh, yeah, I.
1: It just makes me want more. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll go ahead. <laughs> How's that for a grown-up attitude?
0: Yeah, I know. I just want more. Well, there's always more to want. So, uh, go ahead and add out the show notes. I'll go try and get them up pretty quick. Uh, being on my vacation, I don't know if they'll be up sooner or later. <laughs> I got some diving in, but uh, we'll, is, we'll try is your and get the schedule messed up. Um, not too bad. It'll be messed up when I go back. That's for sure. <laughs> I've been sleeping in a little bit, <laughs> unless there's a dive planned. Uh, so that so that's been affecting it. So uh, we'll go ahead and uh, we'll head into well Let's start talking about our dives.
1: Well, it's going to be short on my part. So, so how, how, how much bottom time did you get this week? Um, I I, was, I held my breath in the sauna for a little bit, or the spa. The spa? That doesn't really count, though. My no, computer didn't it doesn't. I mean, it, it feels good sitting in the spa, but
0: it doesn't really do right. a lot for your... Not, not like your bottom on the seat time might be
1: going, but... Uh, right, and it's still good uh, good relaxation, but it doesn't doesn't count. Now, I do understand, it because I've, you guys, I'm getting my updates on my BlackBerry, you know, going here, going there. How many times have you guys gotten in the water this week? Uh, we got in twice. So Sunday, we went and
0: dove in Niles down from the railroad, the uh, trestle track, crossing bridge. How far uh, down
1: from the trestle did you go?
0: Uh, just above the wastewater plant, which is always a good spot to be above. <laughs> in the river? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but uh, there's, there's a road down there and there's uh, a ramp, uh, a little boat ramp there. And we went in, and there's a good spot for some bottles, Shh, so we won't tell everybody where the secret bottle spots are. <laughs> but uh, got in there, and the viz was much better than I thought. You know, you, you, nice thing about a river dive, you know, it's like, like they always say, it's not necessarily about going deep. I like seeing something interesting. It, we came the right time of day. It was about 1.32. We, we didn't really have a super well planned, meaning that there wasn't a lot of lead time. But it was it was nice and, and sunny out at that point of the river, so the water was penetrating good. You could see from the shore pretty much the bottom. We were, you know, anywhere from eight to fifteen feet. I think Matt got a little bit deeper than I did. He went out in the middle a little bit farther, probably
1: to stay yes. away from
0: my muck. <laughs> <laughs> is but the uh, current
1: slowed down a little bit, or is it? Uh, there was hard, it running?
0: For as narrow as the river is at that spot. There was mm-hmm. not a lot of current. It was really slowed down. It was clear. Yeah. I would say there was a good, you know, and and everybody in the rest of the, c- the country is going to laugh. Great viz at probably six to eight feet. <laughs> so, you know, that's not bad. No, that's not no.
1: bad. No. What was uh, the so, uh, what was the water temp?
0: You know, I, I I have to look that up. I'm not sure, but it didn't feel too cold. So I, it felt like 50s so uh it wasn't too bad uh you know it, it, if i'm seeing something interesting I and mean, we did the normal uh cold water priming i have my long johns on you know yeah. gears all tied up the way it is uh max can be great because i don't have the really thick hood but right. uh I, I warm but i was fine and stuff so i found some bottles uh you know a chlorine bottle a beer bottle was embossed i found a milk bottle that oh the top was broken off it otherwise that would have been quite it was quite unusual it was multi so i had a lot of shapes you know we're talking
1: late 1800s i believe so now, uh, this just in from the chat room um saying it was 41 degrees on wednesday yeah and
0: i wow. gotta go back through my computer and make sure because it just does not seem possible but uh yeah, you know, on the quick post dive check with somebody asking, that's what it, it went. So I've got wow. to manually go through the computer. The battery's getting ready to die, so I need to mm-hmm. to get all my stuff off there. But yeah, it, I swear that's what it said, forty one. I didn't. It's hard to believe. It's it can't be. I mean, I just I'm, it's like I'm in denial. It can't be forty one.
1: Yeah, it's getting so,
0: it's it's turning to winter. But it was cold. I can tell you that. So uh, we went from that nice river dive on Sunday to. You know, it it beats working so don't get me wrong you know a bad day diving that you can come back from uh still beats the best day at work so right uh but we did uh kind of location a turkey dive a kind of a little pre uh went in and um we were gonna i was planning on doing a drift dive uh, down to the bridge and back um mm-hmm. went with mac again and you know i got down in the water And there's sediment from the surface all the way down just suspended in the water. So the visibility is three to four inches similar to that earlier in the year when we did the dive in the river. And we hadn't had any rain. You know, I don't know what changed. Uh, I had vis, and I had a dive light. You know, I turned the light on. I turned it off just to see if it made a difference. But it was bad. And it's real silty. You know, it's like you touch anything in the bottom, and it swirls up like smoke.
1: So, yeah, the, you know, after seeing uh, the the river up at Sheboygan, um, I'm convinced ours isn't the pristine river that I thought it was.
0: Yeah. Well, even Mac was saying that up in Sheboygan, he says that's even getting silty. That's kind of a trend. And I can't. Wow. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it was it was pretty bad. I I I started off going downstream and mm-hmm. I probably made it, you know, 50 to 100 yards. And I just, the flow, I was just in my own cloud. I was kind of like Pigpen on, uh, <laughs> <laughs> on Peanuts. On Peanuts, right. yeah. I just said that cloud I couldn't get out of. So I said, you know what? Yeah, It's just not that fun. Yeah, you know, I can't see anything. I'm not finding anything. And the bottom is pretty sandy there. You know, but most of what I was finding was leaves. Yeah. So I said, you know what? I'm going to head upstream. And uh, I got away from the wall a little bit more into a little bit stronger current was actually better. And uh I I buoyant gave myself a little bit extra buoyancy, which I usually don't do in a river dive, as you like to be a little heavy, but I got up off the bottom and that seemed to help a little bit. And uh the current was I could swim against the current. So I took my time and I kind of like slalomed like your skier going down the course. I kind of did that coming up. So I covered yep. uh yeah. I did I did find an old sign that somebody had ripped off the uh uh the banks and thrown in there. I would say it's been in there maybe a couple, two or three years. It's one of the no-wake signs. <laughs> so uh, it pretty well mangled up and uh, can't be reused. So that's that found its way home with me. that will be cleaned up and hung on the wall. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I I pretty much decided I had enough of hauling that sign around. Uh, came up the side, and I was right where I went in. And I said, you know what? I'm a little cold, that's enough. So about a 20, 25-minute dive. I started yep. with uh, 3,000 pounds of air, and I came out with 2,000 pounds. So I did pretty good, probably about 12 to 14 feet depth, but still a great dive. And then I you know, I, I looked down, I could see Max Flag all the way down there by the, the bridge. I went down, and he had found some stuff, uh, you know, the, the uh, fishing poles and uh, i am try to remember what else he had. Fishing poles. That was, that was, I think it was a three, three fishing poles. Is what he found, so, wow. but a good dive. And then, as always, some of the best parts of the dive is afterwards. So we went into a, a nice diner downtown uh, Benton Harbor there, and had a big
1: bowl of uh, potato soup and, oh. uh, some coffee. And they had some excellent coffee. It's like mm. nothing better than a, a cold dive followed by some hot soup. Yes. So that was, that uh, was great.
0: So that was, uh, that was pretty much my dive. Uh, looking forward to I, I got tomorrow off so we got to figure out uh, where we're going to go for that and then MACDO Friday Saturday Sunday and Wednesday and then along with that we also had the mud club meeting um, updated the logo over there so if you yep, want to it see look great. looks great like yeah thank you uh, it it turned out rather well I'm getting yeah I'm an old uh, I, I, I for years was a, a a typesetter in the printing business so I got good at that and as I as I've moved around to different careers, all computer related. Uh, I've, I kind of got out of the practice. So I, it's kind of been fun this this week to get do some of the things that used to be work, but now we're fun. How, how, how weird is that? <laughs> it's not weird at all. Yeah. not weird at uh, all. So, oh, and then Max says he likes the logo. So thanks. So head over there if you want to take a look at the, at our dive club, uh, mudclub.scoobobsessed.com you can head over there and uh take a peek. Yeah.
1: So uh you guys have uh obviously nobody's diving this weekend, because you've dove so much this past week. Um that's too bad. Do
0: you think so? Uh,
1: isn't it? I mean I, I thought would, that, guys would, would like... that preclude diving on Saturday? I don't know. Well, I guess if you guys, you know, maybe we <laughs> could talk about doing a dive on Saturday or Sunday. Oh, certainly. yeah i mean my only thing is i can't do one late saturday
0: or early sunday but i could do one early saturday or late late sunday Sunday. hmm so uh max saying niles area river i'm up for that again i that was a pretty good uh dive right oh he's oh you're saying saturday or sunday it's like a. I. I just, it's like I'm. I'm looking through here. I'm watching a chat room as, as we're talking about stuff. So. Focus. Yeah. So focus. focus. Yeah, don't get distracted. Squirrel. Um. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We'll have to do that. Um. So we'll go ahead and make plans offline. Follow us. Yeah. If you, if you want to keep. Uh. Keep track of what we're doing. Uh. Follow us on Twitter. Uh. I like to post a lot of that stuff on there. So. Scuba obsessed is the Twitter. For the show, Uh, we've also got, you can follow me directly. I'm Darren Jilson on Twitter, D-A-R-R-I-N-J-I-L-L-S-O-N. And uh, Jim is J. Kleeman, J-K-L-I-E-M-A-N-N on Twitter. You can also follow us on Facebook. We like to have some more fans over there, so go ahead and uh, like us. And also tell your friends about us. Uh, So it's at Facebook.com forward slash Scuba Obsessed. You also have the Scuba Obsessed website scubaobsessed.com. Uh, if you get over to iTunes, uh, take a look over there, and uh, we love those five-star reviews. We'll, we'll read your comments, or at least the best comments from the iTunes reviews. And also this week, Jim, if you uh, you got a BlackBerry, don't you? I do. Uh, I tried to add the podcast to the BlackBerry service. There's a podcasting service for BlackBerry. There's an app that you can load that they make. So if you can load that up and see how the
1: Scuba yeah, I'll Obsessed check came that out
0: came through there I'm trying to get the listing over there so i on my my time off I'm I stopped doing work to do other work so
1: <laughs> we'll get
0: to trying to get the shows listed as as many ways as possible plus doing some work so we'll have some new exciting things on the website uh t- towards the end of the year beginning of next year and uh, as it looks right now we'll probably be doing a season 2 if I can convince Jim to keep keep going in the next season I think it's a I think it's a given uh, okay well that's great glad to hear it so uh so yeah we've i think we've done pretty good i have to say uh myself Whereas we're approaching the end of the year uh we've only missed two weeks one was for diving and i think the other was just for technical problems which uh right now i've got three four internet connections so it takes a pretty bad day to take them all down so through that. you can listen to us live on talk head over to scubaobsessed.com click over to talk shoe this is at 9 p.m Eastern time. If you want to come on the program, uh, like Nick did tonight, uh, message us. If you have something interesting, we think our listeners would lo- would love to know about. We'll get you on the show. I've got some guests lined up for the next couple weeks. Maybe not next week. Next week's Turkey Day, so we'll have to uh, figure Uh-oh. out. what are we oh. gonna do there? I don't know. Well, I'm probably gonna eat some turkey, but uh, about that time, I'll be ready to to come and talk scuba. So uh, if if you can get away.
1: Get away from uh, family and turkey for a little bit. Uh, I'll bet you I can. I might, you know what, though? I'll probably doze in and out, but. <laughs> All that, uh. <laughs> yeah, I know <laughs> what I mean. So I'd uh, love we'll to do a turkey day special.
0: And then we got the turkey dive, which we know that's one of the nice things about turkey day, <sighs> is we know we got that turkey dive on uh, the Saturday. So, right? That's a uh, club river dive. So if you happen to be in the area, uh, then you want to go dive and just drop us a line, we'll get we'll get you in the river. Um, it's a river dive, so that's coming up.
1: Yep, and uh, it won't be long, and the ice is gonna start coming on uh, on the inland lakes. Definitely changing the style of diving. The boats are starting to be put away for the year.
0: Uh, it's so sad to see, but uh, yes. Yeah, I, I'm already thinking. Well, when did we dive on Havana this year? I have to go back, look through the episodes, but that has to be about March. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was. I think we might, if provided the ice is off the lake, I think we need to do it earlier this year. So maybe a little uh, bribing. But we're going to get in the water uh, every month. And maybe uh, we're thinking about doing some stuff for some of our fans out there. Maybe we'll have some sort of certificate or award or something for
1: if you're truly a scuba-obsessed diver. This Uh, is not just for the faint of heart.
0: No, no, you have to, you have to, and we're not talking, it won't be anything too technical. You don't have to be a, you know, dive down 300 feet or, you know, lift weights or raise a ship or anything. We're just talking about you be scuba obsessed. You get in the water, you know, every month or do something. We'll come up with some criteria and some way of verifying it, and we'll, we'll at the end of next year, the end of 2011, we'll award our scuba-obsessed divers of the year we'll we'll have a a special show for them so uh that's something to look forward to in this next year we'll have to we'll have to think of some ideas that'll be fun and then uh hopefully this week i it's my vacation's running out but i want to get some uh, logo (laughs) stuff done so i got some ideas for uh t-shirts and hats and swags and and all that sort of stuff but man this this vacation thing i'm i just I'm not not good at it. I I think I need. You just don't have time for it. No, I I need more practice. I think I need to take two two or three more weeks off to really get good at this uh, Mm -hmm. uh, scuba vacation stuff. That's our other podcast, scuba vacation. Oh, (laughs) that's an idea. So if you happen to be in a tropical location, you want to give us a free, you know, two or three weeks in airfare, we'd gladly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Gladly mooch yeah we'll we'll mooch we're 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 good at that so uh oh, well, yeah. I like to thank our chat room we had uh mac uh diver down uh Jim and Craig in there, and Craig seemed to like the way I pronounced his name Craig, which uh, was a funny midwestern accent well, you know <laughs> it's always coming through yep and then uh, did you happen to get a look at that uh, cool gear uh that link i sent i'm I've started a new Clive Custler book Crescent down yes i did uh just picked that up today at uh, sam's club we don't get any money from clive cussler or diver down now clive through his uh good buddy uh did give us a lead on a wreck so we have to thank him for that so maybe this is our our, way yeah our way of uh you know buy his books because he puts it into his uh organization numa and they come down and they find all sorts of wrecks we get to dive on so but this uh in the in the book and i don't know where where it's going to be but in the jacket they talked about they reference a boat called the hyper sub uh, www.hyper-sub.com and they show this sub and it looks pretty cool i don't know how practical it is it looks like it's a prototype uh, a lot of the videos were posted about 2 years ago so i don't know if this tells me how long it takes uh, Clive and his son to write a, a new Dirk Pitt novel, or if it just happens to be uh, that they they're not getting a whole lot of uh, uh, traction with making this, but it looks cool. They and I love the depth that they were talking about.
1: The uh, it, it kind of looks like a all enclosed mini luxury yacht while it's up on the surface. It doesn't necessarily look like a submarine.
0: No, no. Uh, there's, there's two models. There's the HS250 and the HS600. One is a general-use sport model, and the other is an industrial model. Uh, they could be custom-made and fitted, so uh, if you want to buy one, they don't have any idea. Oh, and there's also an HS600, so their website uh, could use a little bit of updating. Um, but just some of the interesting specs. Seating capacity is up to five, including pilot. At first, I, I, I read that, and this shows how my mind works. I thought, I thought it said, including toilet. I'm like, now that's a submarine. Uh, overall length of 31 feet. Total beam width is 13 feet 6 inches. Uh, transportation width with outside tanks installed is 11 feet. A height from keel to top of cabin is 6 foot 10 inches. Uh, but some of the interesting things is the amount of fuel this thing Will carry fuel capacity is 525 feet with an optional model of a thousand feet uh, gallons with a thousand fifty gallon option. Wow! I'm like wow, and it, and it doesn't use that much. It's uh the propulsion while submerged is electric over hydraulic, uh, self recharging. It's got its own system. Uh, it uses compressed air. And uh, there's actually, I think I saw in there, there's some compressed air. There's like two compressors.
1: So it can, you know, you, you can motor around with this a 1,000-mile range. It's got a deployment, a maximum deployment time of 45 days. Yeah. I mean, this is not, I mean, this is a pretty serious
0: sub. So um, I'm thinking that, you know, we need to put in for a grant for one of these for the uh, the dive club. You know, we could use. one. You know, this would be kind of great to uh, you know, hit some of those those deeper spots. Yeah, and they see Mac agrees with us, so it's a done deal. We gotta get one of these. Standard air, uh, recharge for the air recharge is twenty minutes plus ten minutes per thirty feet. Oh, okay, now they're talking about atmospheres. Wow, just just very cool. I want one because I want one of everything. I thought, yeah, we we talked about that. That's the
1: problem, right? Yeah.
0: Oh, dry weight twenty nine thousand pounds. Okay. Oh, air recharge. Here's where I saw it. Twin five thousand psi scuba compressors. So it's got two compressors, which is good for redundancy. But man, so I'm I'm guessing I couldn't afford the compressors. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's probably accurate.
0: <sighs> okay. So that was our cool scuba gear. For the week, and I think that just leaves one thing remaining.
1: Oh no 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 no! Yeah, I'd have to say the last couple of weeks you've really been living up to the uh, the title, the of the bad scuba joke of the you know. Yep. So it, it's been properly bad. So oh, yeah, it's uh, definitely bad. Okay, so this one
0: will be bad as well. So hold on, grab good. your children, wives, loved ones, and get ready for the bad scuba joke. This one is roughly, it's water related, it's a lobster and clam. Once upon a time, there was Larry the Lobster and Stan the Clam. They were best of friends. One day they were both killed. Larry the Lobster went to heaven, Stan the Clam went to hell. Larry the Lobster missed Stan the Clam so much he asked God if he'd go and visit hell to visit Stan. God agreed, but he told Larry not to forget his harp. Larry the Lobster agreed, went down to hell he went. When he found Stan the Clam, he had his own disco in hell. Larry the Lobster had such a great time with Stan the Clam, he lost all track of time. Larry heard a voice of God saying, Larry, you must come back to heaven. Larry ran as fast as he could back to heaven. When God saw Larry, he said, Where's your harp? Larry replied, I left my harp in Stan's Clam's Disco. Hello? Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. So I hope I that uh, was bad enough.
1: To not disappoint? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> which is good and which is bad here? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think since we started this,
0: it's been uh, hard, hard to tell. But uh, yeah, boo. Okay. <laughs> okay well on that note go out there and get wet and dive safe
2: call recording has been completed <sighs>
0: So let's see, Nick's there, Jim's there. This is a great part of editing. This is this is my my next hour <laughs> after the show is uh, trimming this out. Okay, well I'm gonna hit pause. I'm I'm gonna disconnect. Then I'll call you guys back. Hold on.
1: Okay.